0: to 164 of Mothering Anxiety. Today's episode is, if you don't fix what's inside your head. Mothering Anxiety, where we talk about the real and raw truths about living with anxiety. I, your host, Maria Lopez, talk about my life all the way from childhood to adulthood and how my anxiety has snuck back into my life from time to time. This season, we'll be focusing on postpartum anxiety. This has been the hardest battle with anxiety so far, so I'm taking you all on this healing journey with me. I have postpartum anxiety, but postpartum anxiety doesn't have me. As I'm sitting here inside my closet recording this, I have noticed that they have deleted like half of the music that I have used to... Um, record like my intros and stuff and some of them are pre-recorded that I just kind of add on to here um every week right but when I introduce the new episode title I use a specific song and right now I'm trying to look for it and it's not there anymore (laughs) so um yeah there was no music on that in in that intro title uh until I try and find a new one that I like um to be honest I don't really like any of them but you know, we're making it work. But right now I just don't feel like trying to search for one because I am recording this in my closet. It is 7 p.m. on Sunday night before this is supposed to air 6 a.m. Monday morning. I have a migraine and um, I was like, okay, I need to just go in and record this now because I was thinking about doing it later once the kids went to bed. But I am tired. So I told my husband, I'm like, all right, you're on kid duty. Let me just go and sneak away so that I can record this now. Um, because as soon as the kids go to bed, I'm going to go to bed. I just, I have a migraine because one, I wasn't able to sleep last night. So I am a night owl, right? So if I'm not asleep by at least 10, 15, then I'm going to be up. Like, there's no way. Like, that That threshold of me wanting to fall asleep or or being able to fall asleep is gone. So I wasn't able to go to sleep until, I want to say, like, 1230, which is really late for me. Um, And then I woke up at about, uh, I want to say, like, 7.15 a.m. this morning, right? Uh, but also, I have been surviving all day on two donuts and a chocolate chip cookie and I didn't really have actual food food until dinner right now so you know migraine is gonna happen because when I'm tired and two it's just like a sugar overload which as you know I have been cutting out processed sugar but today was just one of those days where I couldn't um, get food in me <laughs> so I had to make a do with what I had and so now I am suffering the consequences because I have a raging headache Um, I can like barely keep my eyes open because every light that I, you know, look into is just burning my eyes. Um, but it is 7 PM, which only means that I have about an hour before everyone goes to bed. And that means that I can go to bed. So I'm making it, I'm making it. I have 60 minutes. This will take me about 30 minutes to record. And at that point, it'll only be 30 minutes left, right? I'm thinking on the positive side here. But anyways, um, if you don't fix what's going on inside of your head this is something that I have been thinking about a lot lately um because you know I, I have been giving those tips every week about certain things that I've been doing like the drinking of the water and no more caffeine and no more processed sugar but you know obviously today doesn't count um feeling my feelings and everything so like do all those things help combat my anxiety yes to an extent right um but this kind of just ties in with the whole feeling your feelings in terms of like you have to process what is going on inside of your head no amount of breathing exercises no amount of journaling no amount of supplements no amount of taking walks outside no amounts of eliminating this and eliminating that is going to help combat your anxiety unless you deal with what is actually going on inside of your head and by that i mean it's like until you actually start to process the trauma and you start to process the feelings and you start to allow yourself to feel the happy the sad the anger the jealousy, the envy, you know, whatever it is, until you just start to kind of sit with that, nothing you do is going to help you process any of it. I, um, I'm actually doing really well in terms of, like, when I start to feel a little bit of anxious, to be able to talk myself out of it, right? So if I start to feel anxious over, um, example, uh my head starts to hurt right and so when i start to feel anxious over oh my goodness i have a brain tumor oh my goodness like you know and, and i start to catastrophize oh oh my goodness <laughs> i can't even talk um about you know why my head is hurting and i'm overthinking and i'm spiraling and i'm thinking of all these you know ridiculous ideas as opposed to me thinking logically of like, one, you didn't sleep, two, you've been eating sugar all day, and three, you haven't been drinking water. Like, no, duh, your head's going to hurt, right? Um, <clears throat> Like, I'm doing pretty well at talking myself out of it. Uh, like, I'm I'm doing pretty good at being able to think logically again. Not all the time, but like most of the time now. Um, before I just used to let my mind just kind of spiral and it used to take me there and that would what would trigger you know my anxiety attacks or sometimes even panic attacks at that point Um, but I've been doing pretty good at being like okay you know what no I don't have time for this right now I have to do this I have to do that and then I can you know think about it or whatever Um, but what I've come to realize is if I don't actually sit that emotion or that feeling or wherever my anxiety is stemming from whether it's you know i start to feel in my chest i feel it in my stomach i feel it in my head like wherever it's coming from if i don't like give myself that moment to just kind of sit and feel where it's coming from and like really just let myself feel it it's going to come back and like haunt me almost <laughs> if that makes any sense like I have come to terms with these feelings or this unprocessed trauma. It's coming out of me in different shapes or forms right now. It's what my body is doing. And I don't understand necessarily why it's happening, but it is. And um, at times, it is at the most inconvenient like places. At times, it's at the most inconvenient times, honestly. But I've come to realize that if I don't, like, actually sit with it for that moment and just allow myself to feel, like, anxious for just even if it's, like, a few minutes, um, it's going to come back and haunt me. Or I'm going to be feeling it, like, for a prolonged time, which is something that I don't want to do, which is something that, like it's what I've been dealing with. And it's something that like, like I said, I don't I don't have time for that. I don't have time to be feeling anxious all day because I am a mom and I have things that I have to do and things that I have to accomplish. And when I am anxious, I'm not thinking straight and I'm not thinking right. And I can't be the best mom or the best wife. Like I, I can't give my all when my head is like thinking of a hundred million other things. So what I've come to just like, what I've come to terms with, what I've just come to realize lately is that when I do start to feel anxious, for whatever reason, I stop for like, you know, a second. If I start to feel it in my chest, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm feeling this in my chest right now. Like, why is it that I'm feeling this in my chest? And what I typically do, which might sound a little weird, or you might have seen this, you know, talked about a lot on Instagram, but it's something that actually works or it's something that's actually worked for me. I will put my hand like on my chest or wherever it is that I'm feeling the anxiety. And I take a second to just kind of breathe and be like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to feel a little bit of anxious or a little bit of anxiety right now. I take a few deep breaths and I just allow myself to just feel that feeling. And once I feel that like, okay, like I'm done, <laughs> I can just be like, okay, And I'll like rub my chest. I don't know if you can hear me rubbing my chest. I'm like doing it. My mic is like right by my chest. Um, I just kind of start to rub and I'm like, okay, you know what? You're safe. Whatever it is that I'm thinking about, whatever it is that's making me anxious, I will say it out loud. I'll be like, this isn't happening. Your mind is telling you that it's going to happen, but it's not actually happening. Like you are safe. You are fine. Nothing is going wrong. Everything is okay. Okay. And I just kind of let that like sink in for a second. And then, to be honest, you start to kind of just feel calm and you start to kind of just like un-anxietize yourself. That is not a word, guys. <laughs> um, we start to feel less anxious. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then I just kind of move on and go on with my day. I know that that sounds weird. Right. Um. But it's something that I've learned that like I need to do because sometimes your body just gets so like overstimulated or so dysregulated that it starts to give you these physical symptoms. Right. The, the, the point or, or the part of where my anxiety is right now is all these big physical symptoms, physical symptoms that I've never felt before. And that's what makes it scary, which only then increases my anxiety. Right. But. I've come to realize that, you know, my body is giving me these physical symptoms because it's telling me that it's feeling unsafe, even though I am not unsafe. So I allow my body to feel unsafe for that second. But then I remind myself, hey, you're not actually, you know, you don't actually have to be in this fight mode right now, or you don't need to be in this flight mode right now. Like, we're actually okay. We're just at a grocery store getting groceries and it's going to be fine, right? And even in the middle of the grocery store, I'll just kind of just pause for a second and I'll, you know, take a deep breath and just be like, we're just going grocery shopping, right? You know, because like I said last week, your mind doesn't know the difference between like, you know, being chased down by a lion or like having to send an email to someone who gives you, you know, a little bit of anxiety. Like your mind doesn't know the difference. So, you know, wherever it is that you are whatever place in your body it is that you're feeling that anxiety you just kind of have to pause for a second and just be like okay i'm gonna allow you to feel scared but we're not gonna stay there because we don't have to because nothing that's going around here nothing that is around us um is actually unsafe for us i um actually had to do this today we were at walmart and we went to a walmart that we don't normally go to we have a walmart literally like down the street from our house um, which is the one that we typically go to but we were on the other side of town and we didn't want to like keep hauling the kids in and out of their car seats because usually we'll go shopping on one side of town and then we'll come back to the Walmart that's like right by our house but this time there's a Walmart like it's like the next store over or like the next two stores over so we just kind of like parked in the middle and walked in between both stores right Um, but this Walmart is not a Walmart that we, talk- we typically go to and it was busy. Actually every single store like grocery store we went to today was extremely busy. We went to Sam's Club, went to Walmart, we went to Dollar Tree. <laughs> um and then we went to Costco and like every single store was just ridiculously busy. Um but anyways, so we were at this Walmart and it was busy. Like busy busy. I've never seen it this busy other than like the day before Christmas Eve or something. Like it was ridiculously busy. Um and I'm holding my son and we were trying to shop, um, for a friend who just had a baby. And so I was, leaning you know, on the kid, the baby clothes section and I was looking for clothes and, um, my husband was out getting, you know, the actual groceries and I was like, okay, I'm going to go and do this so that we can kind of tackle the two things that we can get out of here as fast as we can. Um, so we finally meet up and then we head over to the cash registers and like the lines are so long, like There's like two different self-checkout sections. So like one on one corner and then one on the other corner. And then in the middle, it's like with actual tellers. Um, Every single line was so long. Like, so we decided we were going to go on the other side because that line looked like it was shorter. Um, So we went over to the other side. But, you know, you can just kind of feel the tension. Um, People are are frustrated. People are being impatient. Um, You can tell that there was no like person directing like where the line started and where it went especially in the self checkout areas um so there was people like trying to cut and people trying to be like no there's a line back here right so it was it was just not like a fun environment to be in um and i i could start to feel myself like get anxious i'm like oh my goodness like so you know my brain started going there my brain was like someone's going to get into a fight and then there's going to be yelling and there's going to be an altercation and someone's going to do this and someone's going to do that. Right. And like, yeah, where people like getting angry over other people cutting and like not knowing where lines were sure. But like, was it going to that extent? No. Could it? could it have, I mean, potentially, but I don't know. I was like, no, no, no. You know, that's fine. So my brain's just like spiraling. Right. So we're just standing there and I just kind of put my hand in my head and I'm like, okay, I am safe. I'm not the one fighting, nor is anyone fighting with me. I am following the rules right now. I am just trying to get my groceries. I'm trying to keep my kids safe, right? I am in line. I am waiting for it to be my turn to go to the cash register so that I can pay. And then I can leave. And then I don't have to be here anymore. I just kind of, you know, stood there with my hand on my head. (laughs) And my daughter was like, mom, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fine. And so I'm just repeating these things to myself, like saying, Hey, nothing is happening to you. Nothing is realistically happening around you. Your brain is just telling you that all these bad things are going to happen, but nothing is nothing is going to happen. And I'm just there. And then it's just finally our turn to go pay. And then we left and everything was fine. But I feel that like, had I not taken that moment to let myself like feel the anxious, but then also tell myself that I was safe, I would have spiraled and I would have been super anxious um And not to mention just like, you know, jittery and shaking and like probably not being able to like, you know, it, do the cash register as fast or, you know, as accurate or whatever as I, you know, could have had I not been calm and stuff. And, you know, it just kind of reminded me of like, uh, like, I, you know, it really is like it, it kind of just boils down to like what it is that you tell yourself. Right. Because I can very, very quickly Uh, and very easily honestly like tell myself all these bad things and I can go over a list of like well this bad's gonna happen and that bad's gonna happen and this bad's gonna happen and then it's gonna lead to this and then that's gonna happen right and I feel that that's kind of the case with a lot of us who deal with anxiety right we catastrophize (laughs) is that how you say it yeah um and we you know one thing is going on but then we start to think of like all these other million scenarios right and it's just because we think that if we think of every possible scenario, if it does end up happening, then like somehow we've already prepared ourselves, right? But as we all know, we are absolutely not in control of anything, like literally anything. (laughs) So for me, just being able to remind myself like, hey, you're not the one in the wrong and you're not the one doing anything bad. And you're just here trying to get your groceries done and trying to get out of here. Like, that helps me just kind of allow myself to to feel that bit of anxiety, but also like reminding myself that I am safe and that all those things that my brain is trying to tell me that are going to happen are like 99.9998% not actually going to happen. But I guess my greater point of this episode and kind of why I want to record this was um. I actually decided to go back to therapy. Um, I, I contacted my therapist that I was seeing last year, um, and I said, Hey, you know, things have been a little rough lately. Like, can we see each other again? Or <laughs> like, can I can I get back to sessions? And she was like, Yeah. And um, you know, since I had my first panic attack, my husband said Call your therapist because my first panic attack happened literally within like a month of me being discharged. And he was like, Call your therapist. And I was like, No, but you know, she said I was fine and she said this. And 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 like, you know, I was better and everything was good. And the last couple of months I didn't even have anything to talk about because I was in such a good place. And all of a sudden this happened. And and he was like just call your therapist, like schedule a session and and see what she says. She, what she thinks. Um, he's like, maybe it's because you don't have anyone to talk to anymore. Right. You don't have anyone to just kind of like, like vent out to and stuff. And I was like, no, no. Right. Like I was like, if in my head, I was thinking if I go back to therapy, then I am a failure. That means that all the work and the progress that I did in therapy to the point where like she felt confident enough to discharge me has gone like to the trash because obviously the things that we worked on didn't work if I'm feeling this way. And if anything, it didn't work because I'm feeling even worse. So I kept saying, no, 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 no. I don't need to go back to therapy. I can handle this on my own, right? Like she said that I had good enough coping skills to handle my anxiety on my own. Like I don't need anyone to help me, right? Like that was what was going through my head. But mainly. I just kept thinking, if I go back to therapy, it just means that I'm a failure. It just means that I failed. It means that, like, I wasn't where I thought that I was. And and that, to me, was, like, too hard to accept because I was, like, I was doing so well. And all of a sudden, all this happened, right? But around Christmas time, um, I just had pretty bad anxiety. And, um, you know, I kind of had, like, a, an anxiety attack. And I knew why I knew why I was having an anxiety attack because, you know, Christmas on its own holidays are very stressful and we just it was just different scenarios. So I, you know, reached out to her and I was like, listen, um, things have been not so great. <laughs> um, so can we, you know, kind of get back to this? And, and she was. Yeah. And to be honest, it was very easy to be able to get back in. I just had to contact her. She had to save an appointment for me. I called my insurance and I told them, hey, she has this date saved for me. Put me back on. And they were like, okay, cool. And that was that. It was literally took me like, I don't know, less than ten minutes to do. Um, which at that point I was like, Man, I could have done this way or, you know, such a long time ago. But, you know, all in its time. Things happen all on its time. And I don't think I was ready to accept that I needed to go back to therapy when I started having my panic attacks again. And I feel that you know, I just wouldn't have been as receptive to hear what she had to say, but I kind of worked through that. And now that I'm back in therapy, um, I feel that I'm able to hear <laughs> all the advice or, or all the tips or all the, you know, whatever that she has to tell me again. Um, I feel that I am in the right headspace to have those reality checks again, right? Because I talked a lot about how my therapist gave me really great um reality checks. And um, I don't think I was there when I first started having my panic attacks, but I feel that I am there now and that I can accept it. And, um, you know, I'll probably make a whole episode about me going back to therapy. I've only had two sessions so far because we're, we're still seeing each other only bi weekly. She asked if I wanted to be seen weekly, but I'm also doing biblical counseling at my church, which I will make an entire other <laughs> episode about that. Um, and they kind of fall on, you know, opposite weeks. So it just, it kind of worked out. I was like, no, it's okay. We can do every other week. Um, but yeah. And you know, the one thing that we've r- realized was that one, I haven't failed that just because I had to go back to therapy doesn't mean that I failed from therapy <laughs> or from my anxiety. And it doesn't mean that I have gotten worse. It just means that another level of trauma has resurfaced and I didn't, Or I haven't figured out how to cope with it, right? And so she said, she was like, this analogy is going to sound very morbid, but it's the best way I can explain it. And she said, we're in a river and I'm helping you row the boat. She's like, and then, you know, as we're going through down, you know, down the river, a dead body is going to pop up. And I can either, one, help you, you know, lift it up and, and see who it is or see what it is and work through it. Or two, I can help you get rid of it if you just don't want to deal with that. she's like, and what happened was just another dead body came out of that, you know, out of that river. And now I'm just going to help you, you know, figure, deal, deal with it. Like, <laughs> if we're going to flip it around and be like, who is this and what is this and why is it here? Or if you just don't want to go there and we we're going to get rid of it, then we're going to get rid of it. So, you know, basically what just happened was just another resurface level of trauma that came up and, um, kind of what I concluded was, um, what has resurfaced is my abandonment issues and that I still have very, very, very deeply wounded (laughs) abandonment issues. Um, and they resurface in different ways, right? Like I have abandonment issues from my grandmother, I have abandonment issues from my mother and I have abandonment issues from my husband. Um. In terms of like when he, when he was drinking and just, you know, different things um, from our marriage. But it's not to say that – this isn't to say that he's been a ha- bad husband or anything like that. But it's just my own triggers and my own, you know, issues essentially. My own abandonment uh, issues that just kind of transverse into the way that he is. And it's not that it's something he's directly doing. It's just something that, like, is my own trigger and something that I need to work on. Um which you know that first session i was just crying and crying and <laughs> my therapist was like you know when you go to therapy you're not supposed to feel worse you're supposed to feel better and i'm like it's not that i felt worse it was just that like i you know i, I kind of knew and i kind of felt that it, that this was what was going on that my abandonment issues were were reappearing right because when i'd be reading my bible and when i would be praying like literally all I would ever hear would be like abandonment, abandonment, and like let it go, let it go, let it go, right? And it's been hard. It's been hard to let go of that abandonment issue, right? And I feel that even in like a deeper sense, I feel that like at some points I was abandoned by God because it's like why would he let me go through those things and why did he allow me to have you know this kind of childhood and why did we have to go through that in our marriage and there's like a fear of mine also that like he's gonna abandon me again right and that, that like we're gonna have to go through something like that again and so it's just the you know learning to just let that all go and and learning to realize that god has never abandoned me because he has been with me that entire time had he abandoned me things would have been way worse right um but also i never would have been able to come out of it and get through it and you know those were not abandonment things i mean were they yes but it was only to transform me into me becoming the person that i am today and so that i could be the mother that i am today for my children so that they won't have to feel that right and it's just oh it's so much to process and it's been so much to process in my head but you know the moral of the story is is like if you don't deal with what's going on inside of your head like nothing you do is going to help and for me what's resurfaced is these abandonment issues that have just come out so if I don't deal with these abandonment issues like I'm gonna be feeling like crap forever <laughs> not forever but I'm going to be feeling this anxiety and I'm going to be feeling all these physical symptoms. Like I'm going to keep feeling this and I'm going to keep in this mindset and I'm going to stay here if I don't deal with what is inside of my head. I realize that I just kind of dropped like a bomb (laughs) kind of towards the end of this episode. um, Just as like my time is almost up, but like it's true. (laughs) If we don't deal with what is actually going inside of our heads, it's going to come back up and haunt us. And for so long, I didn't want to deal with my abandonment issues. And I don't want to say it's that I didn't want to deal with them. It's just that I thought that I had gone over them and passed them. But truly, what it was that I was doing is I was repressing it. And that's kind of the thing that my therapist was telling me, Was that I was just repressing it. And now everything is just exploding back out. And it sucks, but it's necessary I have to go through this and I have to get over this and I have to go through this with God, right? Um, Because he's never, ever, 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 ever abandoned me. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's, you know, me re-putting my trust in him and just being like, man, like you have been so good to me because regardless of everything that has happened, like look at where I am now, right? Like, like I, I'm, I'm right here with you and you're right here with me. and You know, our relationship has has grown so much stronger and so much better. And, you know, what a glorious God we have that He's been so patient with me that even during the times where I've doubted Him and even during the times that I have, you know, been mad and angry that He abandoned me, like He's always just been there with arms wide open and been like, I'm here whenever you're ready. So it's been a process (laughs) and it's still a process and it's something that I am growing to do and, 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 growing to learn um every single day honestly and it's it's rough right (laughs) um but it's also a very comforting and a very beautiful thing to know that i am not doing this alone and that i have never been abandoned right like people the flesh people in my life They're going to screw up, and they're going to hurt me, and they're going to abandon me, and they're going to do things to me, but I have the love of an amazing God who has never done that and who will never do that, and that is where I hold my security in, and that is where I hold my identity in, and just knowing that, you know what? You can screw up, and you can screw up, and you can, you know, whatever, but he won't, and he's not, and I'm, I'm holding on to that because that is such an amazing feeling just to know that you have that love. And and for me who is someone who like, I, I, you know, I always felt unloved and I always felt that like nobody truly loved me. Like just to know that I have that, like, ah, it's such a, such a great feeling. We have to process what's going on in our head. And for me, that's, that's been my biggest issue is, is my abandonment issues and you know being angry and being angry honestly at the wrong person um because that person never abandoned me and this is how (laughs) this is how I've had to learn that right this is how I've had to come to terms with that and just being like ah forgive me like I'm sorry (laughs) I'm sorry that I was blaming you when I shouldn't have but Work on what's inside your head, but also feel the feelings and let yourself feel that anxiety or feel that anger or feel that sadness or feel that grief or feel that happiness. Honestly, I think that a lot of the times we think that with healing, we have to feel all these negative feelings, right? To get past it. But I think another part of healing is like allowing ourselves to feel the joy and to feel the peace and to feel the happiness that comes with it too, right? Like don't just process all the bad, also process all the good because I think that that's what's going to help us move forward. forget that if you are enjoying this podcast to like follow and subscribe do all the things i do have an email subscription also you can visit www.motherandanxietypodcast.com to get all of that info in the show notes i'm going to be talking about either the books or um all the you know little things that i recommend that have been helping me deal with anxiety but again i am not a professional if you do need professional help please seek it so each week I talk about one new thing that I am doing um, to help me just kind of combat this anxiety. Um and you hear all these tips and all these tricks like on Instagram or different podcasts and everything. And I'm not saying that mines are correct, um, but this is just things that I have done for personal experience um, and things that I have worked for me. So my tip for this week is go outside. Outside, sunlight, vitamin D so good for you and so many of us are depleted in vitamin d and yes you can take supplements for it but there's nothing better than a natural way of getting vitamin d which is going outside and going in the sun but an extra tip to take it to the next level is go outside without your sunglasses and i'm not saying like literally look directly into the sun because no don't do that you're gonna go blind but like just being outside with no sunglasses and getting that sunlight in your eyes and in your face, not only does it help with just, you know, providing your body with the vitamin D, with the nutrients, but also, um, it helps with your immunity and it helps with your energy also. Like the times that I wake up and I'm just exhausted because obviously mom life, right. And it just seems like you can never get enough sleep. Um, I will go outside and, um, just kind of stand outside. No, you know, no sunglasses and just being out there in the sun and it helps it honestly helps, and like when you feel that afternoon slump or you're just starting to get tired just like randomly in the middle of the day, I will go outside. My kids love going outside, so I will go outside, and I will just kind of sit there in the sun. It's like photosynthesis, is that what it is when like the sun helps the plants grow, or something? I don't know anyways, um, you are a plant, <laughs> God says, I am the the vine, you are the branch, and um, yes, go outside, get some sunlight <laughs> and help yourself. Uh, grow and also help yourself build some immunity and help yourself get some energy. But with that being said, I do hope that you have a good rest of your day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. And don't forget to live your life, love your life and love your anxiety.